Welcome to The Way the World Works, where the trusted team behind the Tuttle Twins books tackles current events, hot topics, and fun ideas to help your family find clarity in a world full of confusion. Hi, Connor. Hey, Brittany. So I want to talk about, uh, kind. I want to say kind of a hero of mine, because it's not that I agree with her on everything, but to me, I think she is just as important as people like Ayn Rand, and I think she might be a little saner than Ayn Rand in a lot of ways. Because even though we love Ayn Rand, she was a little nuts uh, on some things, on some things. Uh, maybe you disagree. I think so. <laughs> but I want to talk about a lady named Margaret Thatcher. So Margaret Thatcher was the uh, British prime minister from 1979 to 1990. And she was also the first female prime minister. And that's never been I've never been like somebody that's always like, oh, you know, I have to like this person because she was the first like woman to do this. But part of the reason I love Margaret Thatcher is I don't think Margaret Thatcher was like that either. Margaret Thatcher was just competent and and ready to take no nonsense. She, In fact, if I met her, Connor, I think I would be terrified. I don't think I would have wanted to meet her because I think mm. I would have gone running. She was just very kind of like stern and straight to the point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think it would have been interesting lady to be friends with. So, again, she wasn't perfect when it comes to supporting principles of liberty. Um, I kind of think of it as like Ronald Reagan. A lot of us look to him as like, oh, that was a good shift showing where politics, like mainstream politics had taken. Well, I guess we would call like conservatism, but like that there were libertarian elements. In fact, I even think he was one of the first people to use the word, um, like president to use the word libertarian because he had that quite, something about a three-legged stool. I don't remember. Something about like what made a perfect country. And one of them was like libertarianism. And I was like, oh, hey, look, he even knows the word. So that's good. (laughs) (laughs) That's better than some. So she was kind of like that where it wasn't perfect, but her as a symbol, it meant a lot. Not only that these ideas um, of liberty, however um, small or you know bright or dim they were, were starting to make it into mainstream politics. And it's also a really interesting time in history around this time. So I said 1979 to 1990. Now, this is the end of, we've talked about what the Cold War was before, what the end of the Cold War. And that was, remember, it was called the Cold War because there wasn't any like active shooting. It was just a lot of like threats and face-offs between us and what was then the Soviet Union, which is like Russia and places like Cuba. Um, And it was over this belief of like, what's going to win out, socialism or capitalism? So in Germany, I think you saw that play out the most where you had literally a wall in the middle of Berlin. And on one side, it was like you went back in time to socialists, you know, Germany. On the other side, it was capitalistic and they were flourishing. So there was that that battle. And uh, England is obviously in Europe. So they're even in a more different position because with America, we've always kind of been like our own thing. We were you know, capitalist, but then you have Britain that's kind of in the middle. And they're also in Europe was completely war-torn. Britain was completely war-torn um, after World War II. But here we're at the end of the Cold War. The Berlin Wall came down, I think, 1989, I want to say, um, which is weird because I was alive for that, but I have no memory of it. Um, <laughs> so she is she comes in at this very important time in history where it looks like you know free enterprise and the free market ideas are the ones that are starting to win. And she made a huge difference in Britain for bringing those views and challenging socialism. And that was, you know, taking over at the time. So I want to talk about her today and and just kind of a little biography episode. And again, like I, I always want to say, because I'm very careful about our heroes, because not everybody is Ron Paul. And that people who you look up to are not going to be perfect in every single way, unless they're Ron Paul. Kidding. You know, he's probably <laughs> I know he's probably flawed too. We just haven't found it yet. Um, all right. So, uh, so yes, yeah, so here she is. She becomes prime minister. 
And she starts, you know, she fought back against this this creeping socialism and started implementing all these policies. So England had been struggling financially, and a lot of that was because this thing called the nanny state. And we have the nanny state here. That's where basically the government starts interfering themselves in everything. They act like your nanny. Think of it like that. And that was happening a lot after World War II. And I love this quote from her, Connor. She once said that her goal was to roll back the frontiers of the state. And that, mm. to me, almost sounds like something like Murray Rothbard would say. Actually, he wouldn't say Rothbard. Music back. to He's, my ears. Right, right. right? <laughs> so frontier, that's like these new, you know, think of frontiers as like when America was expanding and there were these frontiers that were help. you know, they were helping them expand. She wanted to roll back that expansion. She wanted to say no more to all this socialist nanny state stuff. And she was really big on private property and entrepreneurship. But one cool thing she did with housing is, the government, for some reason, like owned all this housing and they like put their like parliament members in them. But either way, it was public housing. So the government owned it. And Maggie Thatcher, they called her Maggie Thatcher, sometimes had this this idea. She's like, what if we just sold it to you guys and you can do whatever you want with it? Because these buildings were, of course, dilapidated. They were breaking down. They were in bad shape. And her idea was, OK, if we let these people buy these homes, they're going to want to take care of them. It's going to become something they're proud of. And we all know because we understand private property and incentives that 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 is exactly what happened. And it's funny now because even though you look at these policies and you think, oh, that was really smart. That's what she's known for. If you when I was doing research for this, if you put in those housing policies and you Google it, it's not it's not positive things. It's like vice articles on trying to spin how that was bad for people. So it's just it's funny. It's funny to me to see how biased everything is. And that's on any side of, of any story. But I really like this quote of hers I'm going to read. That's, I came to office with one deliberate intent to change Britain from a dependent to a self-reliant society, from a give it to me to a do-it-yourself nation, a get up and go instead of a sit back and wait for it, Britain. Wow. And I, yeah, isn't that a great quote? I loved that. And I said it with probably more. I always think of her like the straight faced. Again, she terrifies me, uh, but loved her. So I love this because I think that gets to the point of exactly what she was trying to do. She liked this idea of self-reliance. She liked this idea of, you know, picking yourself up and doing it for yourself and and being uh, what I like to call entrepreneurial, not just in like a business mindset, but like in in life, like getting up and not waiting for for someone to to do something for you. And what I think is interesting about this, Connor, is, you know, we fought a war years, or, you know, centuries prior against England to espouse this very thing she's talking about. And it's just funny that all those years later and you see Britain realizing they need to be a little bit more like the United States. In theory, the United States isn't perfect about it either. Um, they called her the Iron Lady, which I always like. I think that would be a fun name for a boat. People name their boats. <laughs> I probably won't own a boat anytime soon. But if I did, it would be called the Iron Lady. Um, because she was just so, you know, stoic, kind of like how I've described her and I've made jokes of being scared of her. She was just very, she wasn't, she wasn't somebody warm with a smile on her face always. She was iron. She was immov- immovable. Like she stuck to her principles and she was not going to bend on them. And as you can imagine, that did not make her very popular with some people, you know, but I think there was always a level of respect. And also at this time, it was, it was more difficult to be, a woman in such a high you know, position of power in this government where you're already, I guess what I'm trying to say is I don't know that most women at that time would have been able to do it, but Margaret Thatcher was just kind of, um, I hate to say masculine, but kind of masculine in that sense. <laughs> so, but she was just very straightforward. And another really cool thing is she was a big Hayek fan. 
So she was, and this was like peak Hayek. So Hayek had come out around World War II as far as his, when his books were getting famous. Well, Brittany, let's let's mm-hmm. pause really quick to explain okay. Hayek to, to our listeners. So uh, we have a book called The Tuttle Twins and the Road to Serfdom. And uh, that is kind of inspired by the original book, which is called The Road to Serfdom, written by Friedrich Hayek, or uh, he's also referred to as F.A. Hayek with his initials. And he was an economist, a, a free market economist who wrote a lot and was teaching other people about the importance of free markets. And his work was so impressive that he won a really big prize, the Nobel Prize, uh, which today is now you know not worth its weight uh, as a prize because they give it out to crazy people. But at the time, it was a very prestigious award. Um, and, and so he was really good at explaining a lot of powerful free market ideas. He wrote a number of books, including the one that I think, uh, Margaret Thatcher had, which was called the constitution of Liberty. Um, and so am I right, Brittany, was that the book? Yes. Constitution of Liberty was the book. Yeah. Which so I've actually... that, uh, oh, go on. I was just going to say, so, so that book for people even across the pond, as they say, uh, <laughs> in, in Great Britain, was powerful because these ideas that Hayek was talking about were not just American ideas. Um, they, they weren't for any particular country. They are for everybody. The, the market is how humans relate to one another. And so Hayek was talking about how societies should be structured, or I should say how economies should be structured. And it's pretty cool that Margaret Thatcher was was a fan to try and try and implement some things like that in Great Britain. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and I'm glad you talked about the Constitution of Liberty, because that is a story I'm going to tell right now. Um, this just, just to me describes how she was as a person, too. So she once just like randomly pulled out a copy of Constitution of Liberty. And Connor, I'm looking at this on my shelf right now. It is not a thin book. It's a rather thick book. But she just like casually like pulls it out of her purse and slammed it down and said, this is what we believe. And I just thought that was so cool uh, that she would do such a bold move and that she was carrying it around in her purse. I thought it was kind of funny too. <laughs> um, she also used to say, and, and I love this, Marxists get up early in the morning to further their cause. We must get up even earlier to defend our freedom. And that is something I think is is good for, for, for any, uh, I don't want to say any contest, but, but I, I just love that because we do have to be we do have to be ready to defend our freedom and that means beating other people at that, that game sometimes <laughs> um so yeah also just again i i think it's funny to me as somebody who doesn't like um i and i'm careful when i say this modern feminism because i obviously i'm a i'm a woman who works and has a career and i i'm very proud of that and i also love my friends that have you know babies and they are moms and they are amazing cuz that is a job too but to me what where feminism has become today is pretty crazy and so I like to think of her as a really great female icon, which, again, is funny because I don't think a lot of modern feminists would like her very much at all because of her <laughs> political stances. They, only, <laughs> but like, to they me, only like the women who agree with them politically, right? Well, not even the ones that agree with them because I don't think Hillary Clinton is a feminist in practice either, but they love True. her. Uh, is she even around anymore? I don't hear much from her anymore, but... Yeah, so really big also on deregulation, and obviously deregulation is is scaling back all those terrible just restrictions the government puts on us so that we are not as free as we could be. So yeah, Margaret Thatcher is somebody who's been a real hero to me. I think there have been a few movies portraying her. I want to say I watched one that was like four hours long, and I don't recommend that because that was a... That was a lot. I don't know, Connor. I could go on for a little bit longer, but do you have anything... Yeah, it was. Anything to add? 
So, you know, I, I see Margaret Thatcher as coming around the same time as Ronald Reagan, that you've got this kind of 1980s revival of freedom and a lot of people focusing on trying to shrink the government. So conservatism, as you pointed out, um, you know, like she even has this uh, quote where she says that uh, parents can best exert influence through local authorities. The idea that that, you know, we shouldn't have big central governments in charge of education or schools or things like that, or even, you know, family law, that these issues should be pushed down to more local levels where people can engage more. So you've got Ronald Reagan here in the United States that uh, was saying very similar things. It was uh, uh, this post-Soviet, like, of course, you had the Soviets really big. You had this very stark example of you know, government oppression, basically, of like seeing an example of a government that was run amok and what happens when you have totalitarian governments. So it's no wonder that there was kind of a counter uh, reaction to that. I think of Argentina right now with all the inflation and all the big government, you've had this Javier Malay guy, this guy running for president, who's basically like a, a you know, liber- full-fledged libertarian free market guy who has been saying, we need to shut down all these government offices. We need to stop doing all these things. We need to fire all these bureaucrats. So it's almost like it's a like a reaction to what was happening, just like Margaret Thatcher, her, the, the, her influence building, her rise to, you know, become this, have this powerful position was almost like a response to a lot of people seeing, oh, we need more freedom now. We need uh, we need to do the opposite of what these crazy uh, Soviets are doing. Like she had a another quote as uh, a speech that she gave in the 1970s where she said, I place a profound belief, indeed a fervent faith in the virtues of self-reliance and personal independence. Well, that's a message that's totally at odds with collectivists and socialists and certainly communists. Um, it, it's very pro-freedom. It's I'd say it's conservative. I'd say it's also very libertarian. And, uh, and so that makes me wonder, like, who's the Margaret Thatcher of today? As you point out, like, you know, no one's as good as Ron Paul. And we had, uh, we had Ron Paul had his moment, but I often wonder, like, who's the next person, right? Or, or what are the conditions in the world that are going to give rise to kind of the, the opposite argument, like with all the wars happening in Ukraine and Israel and everywhere else, are we going to have kind of a backlash where a lot of people become anti-war and we have some really awesome person rise to uh, uh, influence because of that that reaction. So I kind of see her as not only a very intriguing person on her own, but also as almost like a symbol or a, an example of uh, how, how movements kind of ebb and flow in reaction to what else is going around in the world, just like Ronald Reagan's rise, I think, was part of that as well. So she's a super interesting person. Glad we could chatter about her really quick because I think a lot of uh, most of our listeners being in America don't really uh, aren't super aware of leaders in other countries. Uh, She passed away as just about 10 years ago, actually. So uh, she lived to be, I think, like 90. Uh, So really interesting story. Um, Glad we could chat about her. Brittany, thanks as always. And until next time, we'll talk to you later. You've been listening to The Way the World Works. Make sure your family is subscribed and check out TuttleTwins.com for more awesome content.